you have a teammate like PG who's from here and getting booed here, do you guys feed off of that or do you ignore it? How do you deal with that? Uh, I personally don't. I think it's a bunch of bullshit, but uh. See the shots that I took, wet like on book. You jump sides on me, now you about to meet Westbrook. Ben Steph Curry with the shot, Ben cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Shot towns, B-Rolls, moving the next, BK. Booming out and suck with Nell like Lou Will, six men like Lou Will. I be ballin', like my nigga Moe. What the f*** does that mean, Kobe Bryant? You're welcome. Hey everybody, this is Brandon Orlowski. Thanks for tuning back into Basketball the Podcast. This is episode five, the first episode of the new year. Thank you all for tuning in once again. Uh, I don't know if I just said that. Um, I'm, my brain is kind of frazzled right now because you know it's it, we have been we have been off for about two weeks. Uh, we've been doing holiday things with family and friends um, for New Year's, maybe. Uh, Maybe getting a little intoxicated, uh, but that's beside the point. Uh, we're, I guess we're still in recovery mode, trying to get back up to speed, uh, just like everybody else. Everybody else was doing the same thing, and now everybody's back to work, basically. Uh, and while I don't consider this necessarily work, um, I definitely have to put forth uh, more effort than usual when I uh, when I have uh, off and uh, off time, downtime, whatever. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we're back, and uh, the NBA hasn't stopped, and. It's time to jump back into it. Um, I was gonna do. I was gonna talk a little bit about the. I was maybe gonna jump on here and talk a little bit about the Christmas games that happened. Um, you know, closer to actually, closer to uh, Christmas uh, after they were over. But I think the t- I think the ship has sailed on that. Um, recap: All the games were pretty good. Usually, there's usually there's some some duds on on Christmas that you know you don't know why the teams are playing in the first place. Like the first game was um, the first game was Milwaukee Bucks against New York Knicks. Now the Bucks deserve to be there, but the Knicks are the Knicks are garbage, and the only reason that they're on TV is because they're the they're the number one market, and the Knicks are a historic franchise. It's the lights of Madison Square Garden at noon, and you know I I get that, but. If you want to put forth a product that people want to watch, you should have had the Bucks play a better team. Now, the schedules are made for these things before the season, but before the season, we knew that the Knicks were going to be trash. So it would it would have been better for for the for the Bucks to play, you know, another Eastern Conference uh, powerhouse. The Raptors um, Raptors didn't play. Who doesn't want to watch Kawhi Leonard? Serge Ibaka, they're one of the best teams in the East. I think they're still the, they still might be the top team in the East. But no, we gotta have, uh, gotta have everybody in Madison Square Garden on Christmas Day. But then after that, uh, after that it was OKC Rockets. That was a really good game as well. Harden versus Harden versus Westbrook, and Paul George, of course. Um, Rockets ended up winning that one. After that, it was 76ers Celtics. Celtics came out on top. Uh, the Lakers took on the Golden State Warriors. Um, Lakers ended up winning. Lakers ended up winning big, actually, uh, despite LeBron suffering an injury uh, about halfway through the game. Uh, to this day, he's still out, but uh, shouldn't shouldn't be an issue going forward long term. And then uh, the final game was the I believe it was the Trailblazers and the Jazz. And I honestly, I was too busy to watch that one. <laughs> I, that wasn't I, no, I wasn't busy. I was too fucking tired to watch that one. 
Christmas Day, I wasn't busy at all, so that's that's already a goddamn lie. But uh, anyway, Trailblazers and Jazz on Christmas. Let me look up that score for you. Not like you care or anything. It's almost two weeks later. But uh, the Jazz ended up clobbering them, and uh, the Jazz have a the Jazz have a really good team uh, this year. Trailblazers do actually as well. Uh, Damian Lillard, of course, has been a has been a star since he got drafted. Uh, C.J. McCollum, of course, uh, even though he's been linked as possible trade bait to get a uh, to get a superstar for their playoff run, but uh, but you know he's a, he's a nice complimentary piece to have on the team if you want to keep him around or use him use him to get somebody better. That's that's up to them. But uh, yeah, also Yusuf Nurkic, <clears throat> excuse me, Yusuf Nurkic um, used to be on the Denver Nuggets. He was uh, traded to the Trailblazers a couple years ago, and he's solidified his. Uh, his starting center role with that team. Um, recent, I, uh, when was this? Was this last night? I think this. This is either last night or the day, or the day before. But uh, uh, he put up 24 points, 23 rebounds, seven assists, five steals, and five blocks. Uh, that is a. That's what we call a five. For, is five for five, five by five? I don't know. I've only ever seen it written online because it doesn't happen so often. But um, yeah, so you score at least. Five points, five rebounds, five assists, and then basically any stat that is measured. So, you know, steals, blocks, rebounds, assists, and points are the top five that are most notable and that people care about. So he did that. Yusuf Nurkic. Good for him. Good for you, boy. Good for you, dog. Anyway, let's get back to uh, let's get back to the present day and the news of today. Um, like you heard in our cold open... Uh, Steven Adams on the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder was being asked by a reporter if the Lakers fans at Staples Center chanting, um, chanting, you know, Paul George sucks, fuck you, we don't need you. Uh, does does that ever bother the team? Does that ever bother you know other players? How does the how does the star player who's being quote unquote attacked feel? And Steven Adams put it succinctly: he thinks it's a bunch of bullshit. And it is bullshit. He also he also went on to say that, like, you know, we're professionals. We got a job to do. We come here and we got to work. You know, this is our job. This is how we make our money. And, you know, we can't base everything that we do and, you know, react, react emotionally to everything that fans say or do, whether it's at the game or online. And that's the mentality that everybody should have. You know, there's there's always going to be people that are going to shit talk you for no reason. You know, uh, the Lakers fans were chanting, you know, we don't need you and all this shit at Paul George because he re-signed with OKC in the offseason instead of returning home to uh, to California to play for the Lakers <clears throat> because he is from there. And, I mean, it's not like it's not like the Lakers are in bad shape. I mean, you guys got LeBron fucking James. What else do you fucking need? You have LeBron James, you have Kyle Kuzma who's coming up. Brandon Ingram, you know, looks like he could be something special. Lonzo Ball's coming into his own. The fact that you have LeBron James on the team means that you're going to attract more players. Just because you don't get one Paul George doesn't mean that you won't get another Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard or any any big guy, you know, any big name star. There's going to be players that want to go to LA. To play with Le- to play with LeBron, despite what Kevin Durant said. Kevin Durant, if you remember, he said that you know uh, people don't people don't want to play with LeBron because 
because of the media circus that he brings, because of the scrutiny that the team receives, you know, whether they're doing good or bad. He didn't say that he would, you know, he would hate being, he would hate playing with LeBron because obviously LeBron is the best player in the world right now. And any everybody should want to play with LeBron and have that opportunity to win. But the distraction that comes with it, KD was saying that, you know, it's just, it's just unappealing to, to a lot of people. And I, I, I agreed that, you know, some people, some people like to stay out of the spotlight and keep a low profile. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if Tim Duncan would ever, you know, would ever join up with a guy like LeBron or whatever. I mean, he stayed with, he stayed with the Spurs for all those years and they brought it, they've brought in all their players. They, I mean, through either through through the through the draft or through international scouting, they Spurs never really had a a big a big free agent signing except for um, except for Lamarcus Aldridge recently, and by then Tim Duncan was on his way out, and um, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge was basically being groomed to be his replacement. Not really his replacement, but you know the next the next great San Antonio big. And then they got Pau Gasol down the line. And, of course, they traded for Kawhi Leonard. So everything that I just said, uh, <laughs> everything I just said is basically bullshit. Um, but the, the the point that, so <laughs> San Antonio knows how to bring in talent from a lot of different places. But what I'm saying is not, the San Antonio Spurs didn't build through through free agency and, you know, attracting star players to come. They, they're the vast majority of their players came through the draft or overseas. With, you know, with exceptions like Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, and I say that because LeBron, wherever he's gone, has had players come to him, and you know they want to attach themselves to to LeBron and, and to that team and to and to greatness, and you you can't you can't fault you can't fault anybody for doing that, you know whether you. Whether you ring chase or whether you want to play for money, you know people are going to support you with whatever decision you make, and there's people who are going to be against you. You know, like like I've said before, Carmelo Anthony playing for playing for uh, you know big money contracts that's completely fine. I you know do you? You know everybody wants to make as much money as possible, so you shouldn't you shouldn't knock a man for doing that. The fact that you know, like during his whole dog and pony show in 2014, when he was being um, courted by by uh, the Chicago Bulls, the Houston Rockets, New York Knicks, of course, he said that you know he was he was stressing that he wants to play for a winner, and money wasn't you know the 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 main driving force. But he ends up back in New York, where uh, they were the only team that could offer him an extra forty million dollars. So just you know. You can't you can't fake the funk. People are gonna call you out, and people are going to people are gonna criticize you, even if you believe that it's right. So you just got to be ready for that. But yeah, you, you if you're if you're at a basketball game or any sports game, and they're playing a free they're playing a, a guy that you could have gotten free agency. You know, most of the time it's just a good idea to just not boo them. You know, just don't be a fucking prick. You know, they they made their fucking. They made their choice. You know, they signed a four-year contract to not be with you. <laughs> That's basically it. So, you know, it's it's just kind of like if you see your if you see your ex out in public, 
Are you just going to, like, stand right behind him and fucking boo him? It's just stupid. Uh, back in Chicago, the Bulls continue to disappoint everybody who lives in the city. Uh, they probably have to be the worst team in Chicago right now. Because even even the White Sox have the uh, have the optimism that Bryce Harper is going to come to town and, and save the South Side. Uh, Chicago, Chicago Cubs, what other fucking Cubs are there? The Cubs, of course... They could bring in Bryce Harper as well. They could bring in other free agents. They have talent on their roster already, and they're a playoff team, usually. Chicago Bears just made the playoffs. Why do I keep saying Chicago Cubs, Chicago Bears? I'm talking about Chicago. The Bears are 12-4. and They're finally in the playoffs after eight years. The Blackhawks are a dumpster fire, that's for sure, but they definitely, I, I think they have more young talent in the pipeline than, than, Chicago, than the Bulls do. Wow, that's fucking rough. So yeah, the Bulls the Bulls are just basically praying that they get the that they get the number one draft pick so they can land Zion Williamson or RJ Barrett really, but I think I think Zion would would probably be what I not what I mean obviously the Bulls will take whatever whatever they can get. I mean they need all the help that they can get at this point because they're just trying to they're just trying to stockpile young talent and and grow a young team from the base up, you know because historically big free agents don't come to Chicago the big free agents that have come to Chicago are Boozer Pau Gasol and Jabari Parker and say what you want about those guys and their play individually they didn't work out and it's 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 just frustrating to see because Chicago is a it's it's the third largest market and it is a historic team and nobody wants to come here for one reason or another, whether it's the weather, whether it's the, you know, the, the violence, whatever. But the main reason has to be that Gar Foreman and, and John Paxson and Jerry Reinsdorf are, for the most part, just incompetent when it comes to how to run and manage a successful NBA team. Now, you can say that Jerry Reinsdorf is in it, is in it just for the money because you know, he is. And, you know, part of me, part of me doesn't want to knock him because it is a business. And if you are a businessman and a business owner, then your main goal is to make as much money as possible and, and to come away with a profit. That's, that's what, that's, that's what business is. That's the whole point. The whole point is to make a profit and to keep going and make more money. And, you know, yada, 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 you're rich at the end. Jerry Reinsdorf has accomplished that, and he is a tried-and-true businessman. But he doesn't care about the Bulls. He said he has said multiple times that he would trade all six uh, Bulls, World, Bulls championship rings for one White Sox ring, because he also owns the White Sox. Very, very, very powerful, very rich man in Chicago and in Chicago sports. And John Paxson has been <clears throat> has been with the Bulls. Uh, he he was he was a player for them in the '90s, but he's been an executive for them since 2003, and no finals appearances. One Eastern Conference final appearance where they lost four to one. A spotty draft record. A less than stellar 
free agency uh, free agency record. They've gone through how many head coaches have they gone through? Scott Skiles, Vinny Del Negro, Tom Thibodeau, Fred Hoiberg, and now Jim Boylan. And I think there may have been one before Scott Skiles, but I, yeah, I think there was. I think there was six. Uh, let me look that up. But the point I'm trying to make here is that it's twenty. It's it's now 2019. John Paxson has been part of the front office. Well, and and Gar Foreman. I don't I don't know if Gar Foreman uh, joined the team uh, in the same in that's in that same year. Because um, I say that because uh, Foreman and Paxson basically work together. They seem to make uh, the decisions together for bringing in players and you know how how the how the ship is run. Uh, they're known as Gar Packs, and usually in sports, when things aren't when things aren't going the right way, when you're losing games, when you're losing money, when your attendance is dropping, when you suck, <laughs> to put it succinctly. There needs to be changes made, and that usually starts first with the players, or no, that doesn't start first with the players, my apologies, that usually starts first with the coach before the players. So they got rid of Fred Hoiberg, and they can't get rid of any other good players because then they'll be even worse. They're not going to fire the executives even though they should. Other teams, when the GM starts to, when the GM starts to, pick, you know, shit players and make dumb trades, then it's time for him to get the boot. If a coach is not putting up the numbers that he that he was supposed to, that he and you know anticipated with the team, and he's a bust, then just like a player is a bust, you need to get rid of them too. It's not working. You know, like Fred Hoiberg his record wasn't great, and I think I probably would have fired him at the end of this season if they continued this path that they're on. I just think firing him basically in like the 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 very beginning of December, a month or two into the season was 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 just very harsh and unfair because he never got a full shot. He his all of his players were were injured pretty much the whole time. Whether it was Zach Levine or Markinen uh, or Dunn, they they weren't they weren't equipped to to run the kind of offense that Hoiberg wanted and to run it effectively. He might have been able to you know drop plays for the guys that he had and it could have worked, but obviously if you have Zach Levine and Laurie Markinen on your team, then it's going to work better. And he didn't have that luxury, so he got the boot because Garpax. Gar Foreman, more so, just wanted to flash how big his dick was. So the Bulls are currently in 13th place in the Eastern Conference with uh, 10 wins and how many losses? See, I don't even want to fucking look because I just know it's going to be ugly. Uh, Bulls are 10 and 28. Uh, they are not in the running for the number one pick at the moment, but they could definitely slide back down in the standings. Um, that would be in their best interest. Definitely. Obviously, obviously, if you're a player on that team, you want to win and, you know, boost your morale and all this shit. But 
if you are if you're the executives or, or you know the the higher ups, you might want that pick. So uh, they Bulls actually got in, got in trouble last year for sitting some players. But uh, what are you gonna do? Everybody tries to tank sometimes. The Suns the Suns are doing it. The Cavs are doing it. It's just that's the way the NBA. I mean, if you're gonna be and if you're gonna be a middle of the road team, then you're gonna be a middle of the road team forever. That's just how it is. You're gonna be stuck in NBA hell. You're not going to be able to get a good enough draft pick to, you know, to land a a star player, a star prospect. You'll be able to draft a player who's good enough to be, you know, a rotational guy probably in the middle of the draft. You're not going to get any better. Probably not going to get any worse. But it's 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 just rough because because the Bulls have been there recently. Bulls have been there in the recent past. So, Jim Boylan, head coach of the Chicago Bulls. I don't know what you're doing with Jabari Parker. I don't know why he's rotting on the bench. Obviously, I know you, I know we're trying to trade him, and if we could get any kind of uh, if we could get any kind of uh, sizable return uh, coming back our way, whether it be you know a decent draft pick or maybe. Uh, some kind of young player who hasn't panned out for that team, but maybe could with us, you know, something. I know that that's being talked about, and it probably will happen. But I, you're just hand. I think you're just handling the situation poorly. You know, I, I know he's never gonna hear this. I don't know why I'm talking directly to him, but you know, the uh, in the game a couple days ago, all the active players played you know in some form or another except for Jabari and he's making 20 million dollars he is the highest paid player on the team this year and they're just choosing not to play him because he doesn't fit well everybody knew he didn't fucking fit when you signed him you know he's 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 a power forward and and you know that's how his game translates in the NBA he's he's a four so they tried to put him at the three, and it didn't work because he's 6'8", 250, and he's kind of doughy. LeBron is 6'8", 250, but he's jacked, and he's also LeBron James. So that's, you know, what are you going to do? So the Jabari experiment didn't work, but it's not like your guys are playing for anything this year. I mean, he'll he'll put up your numbers, and he'll put up numbers and give you buckets, so you might win games. You might win a couple games if he's in the lineup, but in the long run it's it's probably not going to it's probably not going to do a whole lot. And it's 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 not so much that he, it's not so much that he's not playing. You know, like even if you gave him even if you gave him some minutes, I think it would be a little less egregious of an act. And I only say that because you're you are sending by 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 Jim Boylan doing this, he is sending the wrong message to to free agents and even potential draft picks that if you come to Chicago you know you might you might get a contract and everything might seem like it's going your way but you know at the end of the day basketball players want to they want to play they want to be out there you know there's there's a, there's a bunch of ways there's a bunch of ways to make money obviously not like the NBA but you know these guys these guys worked you know, for 15 straight years of just fucking grinding. 
not knowing if if not knowing if they would if they would make it if they would make it in the NBA if they would make it in college if they would get injured but they fucking did it because they love it you know it's just their thing so when you give a guy 20 million dollars to sit on the bench you might think that oh jesus i'd love to do that and yes everybody would but jabari parker the kind of guy that he is he wants to be out there he needs to be on the court you know that's 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 his life you know like lebron always says it's more than a game you know it's it's a way of life it's it's a hobby it's a it's a lifestyle it's a job it's a passion so uh all in all jim boylan get your fucking shit together guard packs either do something or get the fuck out jerry reinsdorf give complete control of the fucking team to your to your son if he truly does care about the bulls and you know you can you can do whatever you want with your white socks you know and it's not like between the TV fucking deal and all the money that the Bulls bring in, despite them being shit, they still remain at the top of the at the top of the le- at the you know standings whatever standings leaderboards whatever top of the fucking list for attendance in the NBA. Bulls fans always show out. Cubs fans show out. Bears fans show out. Hawks fans, you know I. I think the majority of Blackhawks fans, I don't know about the majority, but there's definitely a lot of bandwagon people who just go, who just go to the games just to be there. But, you know, that's, that's, that's with everybody when the team is good and, you know, Blackhawks are on the downward spiral right now. So we'll see if, uh, we'll see if they resort back to 1500 people in attendance like they did, uh, like they had 15, 20 years ago, which you have to give credit to Stan Bowman and those guys for being good executives and marketing their team and and developing these young players that they bring in Taves Kane they made trades they signed people you know Chicago was a desirable destination now you know after all those years of just being bad and being irrelevant being irrelevant in the city of Chicago the Bulls need to do that before they suffer the same fate uh, one more thing before we get out of here, because uh, I got I got other prior engagements to get to. I wanted to uh, just wanted to crank one of these out. Uh, first podcast of the new year to get back to uh, get back to you guys. I know it's been a while. Um, Andrew Wiggins, he is the former number one overall pick, I believe, from the twenty fourteen draft. He was drafted by the Cavaliers and then traded to Minnesota for Kevin Love uh, to get LeBron a more solidified big man to be on his uh to be on his homecoming roster and i would say that he he while he hasn't lived up to the hype that was created around him he was labeled as the greatest canadian player to come out of college probably ever and when he was at kansas he was a fucking force there was no doubt in my mind that he would have been that he was going to be the number one overall. You know, Jabari Parker was in that draft as well when he was at Duke. Joel Embiid could have gone number one, but he, you know, he was dealing with the injury issues that kept him sidelined on the Sixers for two years. But anyway, Wiggins was probably the the clear the clear runaway number one at the time throughout throughout the season most consistently. And you know, he went to the Timberwolves and he put up. He put up his numbers and he he did his thing as a rookie. Made the All Rookie First Team. I, you know he he was he was doing everything right. He he seemed to be everything that 
he was advertised as because you, you you don't expect you don't expect a whole lot from uh from rookies you know you shouldn't except if they're if they're a general a, a generational type guy like like LeBron or or Kevin Durant or something like that Andrew Wiggins was you know he was sort of teased at maybe becoming a a LeBron someday you know like that kind of dominant fucking force and so far it hasn't really it hasn't really gotten to that point the thing about the thing about Wiggins is that like he's very he's very very consistent and he's very reliable when it comes to being being healthy and available and ready to go um three of his first four seasons he's played and started in all 82 games in 2015-16 he played 81 and I think this year so far he's played out of he's played 33 out of 37 games. So he is reliable in terms of you know durability. Now he is a scoring machine. That's that's no that's no question. 2016-17 he put up 23 23 and a half a game. Before that 20.7 his rookie year 17, and then last year he put up 17.7. Now he also had Jimmy Butler on the team to take away some to take away some opportunities, um, but the year before that he had 23, 23.6, 23.5, whatever, and he was playing with Carl Anthony Towns, who is also a big name uh, number one draft pick. Now obviously Jimmy Butler had his issues with uh, with Cat and Wiggins for you know being soft or whatever whatever language you want you want to assign to that, but Andrew Wiggins. He'll put up the shots and he'll get the and he'll get the numbers, but he's not very efficient. That's his. That's the thing. He's not very efficient. There are going to be nights where, you know, he's going he's going to average throughout the season, you know, fifteen twenty points, but there's going to be nights where he puts up goose eggs. There's going to be nights where he doesn't really have any kind of effect, and, you know, that's that everybody has a bad game. That's. I shouldn't say everybody because, you know, even LeBron will score 15 on a bad night. But the thing about Wiggins is when it was time for him to uh, to sign a new deal after his rookie contract was up, the Timberwolves gave him a five-year, $148 million extension. Despite not really accomplishing anything besides showing that you're able to score. You know, the Timberwolves with him have not been a perennial playoff uh, contender and they're they're not one right now with uh well, I I, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I mean, they're not they are not a they're not a force in the West. And when you have when you have guys like Wiggins and Cat and you know, last year when they had Jimmy Butler, you know, you would think you would think that in a perfect world they would that team would be unstoppable you know between Wiggins's offense uh Jimmy's ability to you know be a two-way player a two-way wing and Carl Anthony Towns uh playing center down low uh putting up defensive player of the year candidate numbers and also also uh showcasing a very versatile and deadly offensive game the the piece is just they're just not clicking and they're not clicking for Wiggins especially and I don't I don't understand why I don't know if it's 
I don't know if it's Tom Thibodeau. I don't know if it's his confidence. I don't know if it's just the team vibe in, in general or if it's just, you know, he his game <clears throat> his game hasn't or might not completely <clears throat> adjust to the NBA on a consistent level. Like I said, you know, he's going to put up numbers. He's going to score, but there's going to be nights where he doesn't do anything. Wiggins had a game this year against the Bulls, nonetheless, that the Timberwolves ended up winning. But um, Wiggins went 0 for 12 uh, on on jump shots and uh, field goal attempts, so zero points. He had one rebound, one assist, no steals, no blocks, no free throw attempts in 28 minutes of play. He's a starter. He is supposed to be a franchise cornerstone, and for that game, he made $311,000. Nice country. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Could you imagine? Could you imagine living that kind of <laughs> living that kind of existence? You go to work, and you fucking suck balls, and you just suck the fattest of fat ones, and you get... A check for fucking three hundred grand. Uh, I got to talk to Andrew Wiggins' agent. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully Andrew Wiggins can get it together because I really do, I really do like his game when he's on. But that's the thing; he just he has to do it consistently, and he has to he has to take the take the Wolves to the next step along with Carl Anthony Towns because they're they should be the leaders on that team. Uh, all right, it's uh, it's one o'clock, and I gotta. I gotta run, but I just wanted to let you guys uh, let you guys know that I appreciate you guys coming back uh, coming back for the second year in a row. Haha. Uh, yeah, I hate myself for that one too. Uh, <laughs> but um, you can follow us on social media. It's at Basketball Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is at Basketballin. Uh, you can find me on social media at Brandon Orlowski across all platforms. And make sure to subscribe on iTunes, on YouTube, and SoundCloud. Uh, you can find all the links on uh, on the social media pages. And uh, once again, I'm Brandon Arlowski. Thanks for listening to the Basketball Podcast. We'll be back next time with Episode 6. All right, thank you. Take that for data. <laughs>